Hi, my name is Lindsay Adams, and you are listening to Mindful as a Mother. Welcome back. I hope everyone had a wonderful week. I just wanted to hop on here before the episode and say thank you again to everyone for supporting this podcast. The reactions and responses I've gotten have been amazing so far, and I truly, truly appreciate it. Also, if you find this podcast helpful, funny, valuable in any way, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with other moms who you think could benefit from it. This week, the topic of the podcast is a hard but important one that I almost didn't talk about. It is about how to have hard conversations with your kids. This is so important because in today's world, there is a new hard thing to talk about every single day. I hope you all enjoy this episode and have a great week. Okay, so this might be a little woo-woo for you, but bear with me. (laughs) I don't plan my podcast topics out like weeks in advance. I don't even really think about them before. I may get to the point where I need to do that, but I know myself and that usually does not wind up with me producing my best content. So I usually just pick a topic a couple weeks in advance and go for it. I go with what I feel needs to be said in the moment. Something comes to me and I just run with it. It's my own special creative process. So when this topic came to mind, I tried to ignore it in hopes that it would go away but it keeps popping up for me, so that means it must be important. Then I realized that I'm doing the same thing we do with kids in this situation. I'm shying away from a hard conversation. We do this to protect them or because we don't trust our ability to have that conversation with our kids, so we choose no conversation. And I'm here to tell you that an imperfect or messy conversation is always better than no conversation. So here we go with an imperfect and messy conversation. In case you missed it, the world's been a little bit crazy as of late. I'm recording this a week-ish before this episode comes out, so I realize things may have calmed down by now. But if I learned anything in 2020, it is that there is always more coming, so buckle up, buttercups. Also, while getting ready to record this, I just got a notification on my phone that President Trump was impeached for the second time, which whether you agree with it or not, it's a wild world that we are living in. If it isn't the craziest election ever, this information will be useful in navigating tough times as they arise and can be applied to a wide range of issues. So I still feel it's super important to talk about. When hard, crazy, and unforeseeable things happen in our world, our immediate mom reaction is to shelter our children, to keep their little peaceful souls naive and safe. While I see you and I feel you, mama bear, this reaction may not always be the best one for the long term for a few reasons. Our kids are smart little creatures and they know we aren't being straight with them. They feel you, they feel what you're feeling, and they will call BS on that every single time. Also, with every tough conversation, they are getting the info from you rather than getting it from somewhere else. So here are some tips to have that hard conversation about things going on in the world. 
tip number one is to be as honest as possible on an age appropriate level for your child. So with this one, only you can decide what that is. I would urge you to trust your gut on this. Um, You know if your kid is super savvy, smart, they're hearing things online, in school. Um, You know if your kid's more guarded, maybe has no idea what's going on. You can just be as honest as possible on an age-appropriate level. I just want to remind you that we think we're scaring our kids by telling them what's actually going on in the world because it is scary and it does feel unsafe. But actually, we are calming their fears because it is a thousand times scarier when we let their imagination make up what they think is going on. So be as honest as possible. Number two, share your true feelings and model healthy coping. So I think we often try and guard our feelings to protect our kids or we don't cry or talk about fears because we don't want our kids to be afraid. Then they can sense that we're being authentic or holding something back from them. And then in turn, they don't feel comfortable to share their true feelings. So what we need to model to them is that we are comfortable with our own feelings and having all of them feel all the feelings so that they can feel comfortable feeling and having all of their feelings. And also this teaches them that it's okay to be sad. And if you're sad, That doesn't mean that it's the end of the world or any, well, it might here. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, But okay, I'm just getting back on track with that. Um, That it's okay to be sad. And then the next time they see you crying and eating Oreos, just kidding. I just do that. I think Um, they will not worry that something terrible is going to happen. They'll say, oh, mom's sad. Mom's showing her sadness. This is how mom shows that she's sad. She cries. She watches The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and she eats Oreos. And then they're like, okay, check. And then they can say, hey, mom, are you sad? You say, yes. They don't feel afraid. They don't feel worried. They just kind of move on. And then when they're sad, they'll feel comfortable expressing and talking about that emotion too. Tip number three, let them share their own feelings and ask questions. And this is the fun part because you will see how much your kids actually know about what's going on versus maybe what they've been told or seen online. And then you can correct those errors or um, validate the feelings. And then typically they're not as scared. So they can ask you questions about the government and how that works or um, just a bunch of different things that are going on, viruses. I'm trying to think of pertinent issues in our world. And answer the questions to the best of your ability. And if you don't know the answer or there isn't a good answer, you can just say, I don't know. Um, Or, you know, I'm really sorry, there's not a good answer. That really confuses me too. A lot of times kids will ask why people do things or why things are the way they are. And there just isn't a good answer for that. And I think you can say that's one to them. That's one of those questions that there just isn't a good answer to. And I wish I knew the answer too, because it's really scary and confusing for me. So it must be scary and confusing for you too. And then you can ask if they have feelings about what's going on. Let them express all their feelings and opinions and validate them and then give them a big hug. And this leads me to number four, which is reassure them that they are safe and loved. So often when kids have all these thoughts, usually with 
a loosely based in fact or a little bit of information spinning in their head, they feel unsafe. And we know from watching the news or social media that everyone is, when everyone is panicking, the kids pick up on that energy too. And so often they just need to be reassured that they're safe and loved. Some of that also comes from modeling and this might be a little bit of a tangent, but it's definitely something I wanted to touch on. So when we talk about um, modeling healthy coping and doing that, part of our kids feeling secure is watching how we handle big events. And so we want them to see us sad or even afraid, but confident in that we can handle whatever is thrown at us. And that's that can feel like a tricky balance because um, I think we want to be pretty black or white. We either want to be like falling apart or we want to be completely strong all the time. And I think part of it is redefining strength. What is strength? And strength to me is being able to show emotion in a healthy way and also um, being able to know that you can get through anything that comes at you. So part of reassuring your kids that they're safe and loved is showing them, telling them, and talking about how we can get through anything that comes at us. We as adults pretty much know that no matter what happens, life's going to continue to go on. Something I reference a lot in therapy and most teenagers look at me like I have six heads is Y2K. Because if you're a mom listening to this, I'm sure you remember Y2K. Everyone panicked. The world was ending. And then things were just fine. Like we figured it out. We moved on. Maybe it was different. Maybe some people like it. Maybe some people don't. But we just kept going. And um, kids don't necessarily understand this because they don't remember it. But I think explaining that and talking to them and showing them that there have been times in our history where we've been unsure and we're just fine. We're just going to keep going. We're going to do the best we can and we're all going to stick together. And just that even that small vote of confidence can change their whole outlook and mood on a situation. So this leads me to number five which is connect and decompress afterwards. So connect is usually physical. Give them a hug, pat them on the shoulder. If they're a teenager and they hate hugs, give them a high five and then decompress afterward. So in our house to decompress, we love a good dance party. We turn on Alexa and it's usually to a song from the Goofy movie or an Ariana Grande song, which tangent, can we talk about how much I hate Ariana Grande? Oh, Anyway, and we dance and we laugh and we have fun and we giggle. Um, and it's and that kind of just gets that emotional energy out. There's other ways to decompress, um, going on a walk, um, sitting down and like cuddling together, reading a book, watching a show, um, any kind of way that you like to decompress with your kids and that you guys do often is a good thing to do in this situation. You can also try new things and see what works best for you. So I hope you enjoyed this and found value in it. And now we're going to move on to our mom fails. Okay, it is time for mom fails. Okay, some of this week's submissions were hysterical. And I might have to put an explicit 
marking. I don't know what it's called on this podcast because they are explicit, but they are funny. So number one, I forgot to pick my nine-year-old up from basketball practice. Um, And this one was submitted in my motherhood group on Facebook, The Mindful Motherhood. And so I asked her what he did and she said he just went back inside and played. So that's okay. No harm, no foul. Um, my sister-in-law also texted me after listening to this podcast and let me know that um, my mother-in-law forgot her at kindergarten one time. So um, forgetting your kids, I feel like, is a rite of passage. I have yet to forget a child, but I am sure that it is coming given just the amount of kids I have and the schedules and working and all that. Um, so I'm going to try to censor this one the best I can. It might not be as funny, but guess my daughter heard me say a bad word. Next thing I know, she's calling my dog a mother effing dumb A. Also, she's two. (laughs) Um, yeah, swear words are hard for me. I love a good swear word. And so, um, they're hard for me to contain around the kids and to keep the kids from saying, um, this, (laughs) this one is hard to describe, but I'm going to give it a go. So someone said, found this on my TikTok and they sent me the video and I'll play the video so you can hear the sound. I'm sure it's a, um, one that if you're on TikTok, you've seen or heard before. Okay, here we go. Okay, so you know that it's Justin Timberlake, and I think it is, yeah. And then on the beat, they usually do something. Well, this is her son flipping off the camera on the beat. And I've watched it numerous times because it is hysterical. And as a human, TikTok is amazing. Uh, I'm addicted to it. I love it. I can't stop. I think it's hysterical. As a parent, I hate TikTok. Um... And I don't want my kids on it and it's inappropriate. And so I feel constantly pulled between like being addicted to it and loving it and being like, "Mm, this is really bad. I don't want you on this or seeing this. And I hope that I am not the only one that feels that way. Okay, I'm going to do my mom fail right now. So um, I this was a while ago, but still funny. I took my kids with some friends but pre-COVID to this place called Kangaroo Zoo. If you're in Utah, I'm sure you've heard of it before. Um, and one of the older girls comes up to us and says, uh, Lindsay, Sam's naked. And me and Tim go running and Sam is butt naked. Is it butt naked or buck naked? I'm going to look that up. Anyway, he's naked. No underwear, no shoes, no nothing in this Jurassic Park video game, just playing the game. Kids everywhere are like pointing, parents are looking at us, we're trying to get him dressed. And it was super embarrassing, but it also makes for a great story. Next up, we have a coffee mom fail. Um, my 10 month old finished my coffee yesterday. I had a little bit left in my mug and I left it on the couch where I was sitting, where I didn't think he could reach it. And I ran to the bathroom real fast and I came back to him sipping out of the mug. I didn't even know he could drink from a cup. Um, oh, I'm sure a little coffee or caffeine won't hurt. Um, my kids try and successfully steal my Diet Coke frequently, and I try so hard to keep it from them, but 
they always find a way. This one has to do with a Google, um, I think it's just called the Google. We have an Alexa, so I just call it Alexa. Um, and I'm sure there's like a whole plethora. This could be a whole category of fails, mom fails with the Alexa or the Google. But this one is, my three-year-old asked me this week, mama, why does Google not listen to me or you, but only listens to data? I said, because Google was designed by white middle-aged men and not meant for me or you. I kind of wish I had a more enlightened response rather than the harsh pissed off answer outlining the realities of society. I mean, personally, I think honesty is important for kids. And so I'm going to actually call that a mom win because you had the hard conversation. And even though it maybe wasn't enlightened or well thought out, it was better than no conversation. So kudos to you. You know who you are. Okay, here's my final one. And it is a good one. I'm going to once again, try my best to edit it, but maybe if you're listening with young ears, put in some headphones, wait till they're not around. Um, this lady was at the car dealership with her daughter and her daughter was asking her to cook because she was hungry and it came out sounding like male anatomy. <laughs> um, and so... I, I think it's so funny when kids say like truck or other words and it sounds like a swear word. Thanks for listening and don't forget to be peace, be love, be mindful as a mother. If you want more of Mindful as a Mother, you can find me on Instagram at Lynn's underscore Adams LCSW. Once again, at Linds, L-I-N-D-S underscore Adams, L-C-S-W.